This is Roberta Foster. Welcome to today's edition of the Author's Corner, brought to you by KNEO 91.7 FM, The Word. And today I welcome Neil Shenvey to Author's Corner. He and Pat Sawyer wrote the book Critical Dilemma with a very long subtitle, The Rise of Critical Theories and Social Justice Ideology, Implications for the Church and Society. And it's published by Harvest House, and he'll tell you at the end of our discussion uh, how to get a copy. So, Neil, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much, Roberta. Good, Good to be here. So your book is divided into three parts, um, as well as the introduction. And so it all starts with uh, the title, A Looming Crisis. So why is critical theories a looming crisis in our society today? So it's a crisis not just for society, but for the Church. What we're seeing is an infusion of uh, very bad and false and dangerous unbiblical ideologies it's kind of taken over our culture, education, government, politics, even media, sports, it's mm-hmm. everywhere. And we're even beginning to see these ideas showing up in the conservative Christian churches. So we're, we uh, think, as Christians, obviously, we're concerned that it will erode good doctrine and mm-hmm. traditional Christian doctrine. And in society, it's also a problem because it's going to tear apart our social fabric. and it's pit uh, whites against people of color, men against women. Uh, Christians against non-Christians, and we're actually beginning to see that already in terms of the fallout from, say, the Hamas-Israel conflict. Mm. So, yeah, it's definitely a thing thing. It's a crisis, and we want to address it in our book. Okay. We are not to think that there aren't any social injustices, but we just have to think about that and react biblically to those injustices. That's right. I mean, our second chapter is all about how we got here, and it goes through the history of slavery and the black codes and Jim Crow, mm-hmm. in addition to just modern-day injustices, there's sexual abuse. Uh, abortion, obviously, is a tremendous social injustice. Fifty million unborn babies killed mm-hmm. in the last 50 years. And so there are real injustices, and there are systemic injustices. I mean, there's an entire abortion industry, we point out, that's dedicated to uh, to, to killing the unborn. It's, it's embedded in our ways of thinking about freedom and, and rights. So we're not trying to deny that racism exists or that sexism exists or that injustice exists. We're trying to explain to people that you have to think about these ideas biblically rather than just succumbing to the cultural zeitgeist. Mm. So how did this whole business get started? What what do you feel was the impetus of uh, changing the way we think about social injustice? If you look at the last 10 years, I think there are a number of contributing factors. Uh, probably the first was the advent of Black Lives Matter, the movement uh, that after the, the death of Trayvon Martin, uh, that movement really mm-hmm. uh, launched a lot of people onto this trajectory, concerned about social justice and, and anti-racist discourse. And then the election of Donald Trump, uh, for many people, that was another confirmation that our society is deeply racist, and sexist, and, and oppressive. And then uh, the killing of George Floyd in 2020 was another factor that uh, precipitated this interest and resurgence of critical social justice or anti-racist discourse, whatever you want to call it. Uh, And I think those three events really propelled what we're seeing in society today. But it's not just about race, obviously. It's also about things like gender and sexuality. And I think people don't realize, though, that it's more than just a political or culture war issue. These ideas are coming from 
a coherent and comprehensive way of thinking about social reality known as critical theory. It's been around for decades, but it's now finally finding its way from the ivory tower of academia into the cultural marketplace and into your your break rooms and your schools. Mm And so what is the ultimate goal of changing the way we think about these um, racial, sexual, and um, ideologies? What, what's the outcome that is desired by those that are, are pushing this upon us? Critical theory goes back really to Karl Marx and his idea of liberating people from economic oppression. But it's evolved tremendously in the last 150 years, going through the Frankfurt School, people like Antonio Gramsci, postmodernists like Michel Foucault, and uh, critical race theorists like Kimberly Crenshaw. So there are a lot of these ideas that are are longstanding. They've always been about liberating the oppressed. The difficulty is that they've redefined the word oppression Mm -hmm. to uh, refer not just to cruel conduct, tyranny, uh, theft, and murder, Uh, They would say that that certainly those things are oppressive, and as Christians we'd agree that yes, murder and theft and rape, uh, slavery, these are oppressive. But they would redefine the word oppression to also include the ways in which the ruling class, whether it's whites or Mm. men or heterosexuals or Christians or the able-bodied, when the ruling class imposes their norms and values, their expectations on culture, when these norms and values are used to justify their own dominant society, Well, that's oppression. So, for example, when white people apply their white standards to society, uh, then that is oppression. When men apply their patriarchal standards and norms and values to Mm -hmm. culture, well, that's oppression. When heterosexuals apply their heterosexual norms and values and the gender binary to society, well, that's oppression. And critical theory aims to dismantle all of these systems and structures and ways of talking and thinking about reality in order to achieve what they see as social justice or equity or diversity and inclusion. These are all ways to say that all groups are going to have equal representation and equal power and essentially equal access to resources in society. That's their goal, is to create a society where, uh, basically a utopia, where all groups share power and no group is othered by these oppressive discourses. And, of course, it's easier to... um implement some of this uh, changing uh, the ways of thinking through our education system. Um, And then also, as you've already declared, we have to be careful that it doesn't find its way uh, into the church. Um, How do churches take a stand against um, allowing these critical theories to, to impact the body of Christ? That's a good question. We have a whole section on uh, on critiquing these ideas from the, the book perspective. So our book uh, has a 440 Bible references, mm. an entire passage of Scripture, explaining why ideas like corporate ancestral white guilt is unbiblical, why, uh, why, why you know, we can't hold people accountable for the sins of their great-great-great-great-grandcestors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. We, we explain why we have to adhere to a biblical sexual ethic, what the Bible teaches us about gender and sexuality, and how sex is designed for a one man and one woman within marriage, and that that's not a, a patriarchal, heterosexist mm-hmm. way of thinking. It's actually God's way of thinking about the world He created. Mm-hmm. So we, we would just say that a lot of it comes back for Christians just to understanding basic Christian doctrine. Then also being able to spot where critical theory perverts these doctrines and twists them 
often by using language that Christians resonate with. So when you talk about oppression, Christians immediately say, well, yeah, we care about oppression or justice. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, God cares about justice and protecting the vulnerable, absolutely. But you have to see how critical theorists have redefined these words and not get uh, get suckered into thinking the way that they do about, say, oppression and justice. Mm-hmm. Well, today I'm talking with Neil Shenvey about the book Critical Dilemma, which he wrote with Pat Sawyer and is published by Harvest House. You're listening to Author's Corner, and I'm Roberta Foster. And if you miss any part of today's interview or would just like to hear it again because it's filled with so much great information, uh, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast provider or go through KNEO.org. And so, Neil... um, is it possible to accommodate some elements of critical theory without jeopardizing Christian faith or theology, or is it all to be basically discarded or not adopted? In the book, we argue that contemporary critical theory really functions as a worldview or a meta narrative or an alternate religion. Yes. And in that sense, you can't simply syncretize your Christian beliefs with critical theory's beliefs. They're, they're going to compete for your. Uh, uh, credence, they're going to compete for your affections, they're going to compete for what compels you to get out of bed in the morning, giving you a sense of meaning and purpose. So in that sense, you can't you can't combine critical social theory and Christianity. They're just incompatible with mm-hmm. thinking about reality. Yeah. Now, what we, ha- we will say, we have a whole chapter on the fact that critical theorists do occasionally say things that are true. Mm-hmm. Not everything they say is false, so we can say, yeah, all truth is God's truth. If some statement is actually true, it doesn't matter whether an atheist says it, or a Christian says it, or a critical theorist says it, it's actually true because it's grounding God's reality. So it's, there are things like uh, race is a social construct. Well, that's true. <laughs> race is a social construct. <laughs> a critical racist will say that, and they're right. So as Christians, we need to learn to spot the elements of truth that critical theorists will uh, confess, but then at the same time project the ideology as a whole uh, really without, without any question or, or hesitation, because it is very dangerous uh, and false. Mm-hmm. You include a chapter on queer theory, and I think the whole issue of homosexuality is probably one of the issues that is affecting the church, um, perhaps uh, in its hardest form. Share with us a little bit about what you talk about in a chapter on queer theory. We just explain what queer theorists themselves say about sex, gender, sexuality, and even pedophilia. Queer theorists, their goal is to deconstruct all norms surrounding gender and sexuality, to liberate people to live their own lives according to their own uh, beliefs and, and, and values, and to choose their own gender and sexual preferences. That's their entire goal. <clears throat> but it's part of a larger project to deconstruct all norms and values, and to question and criticize all these ideas of normalcy, what's normal and, and right and good, they would question all of that. Mm. And so you'll see a section we actually have is on queer theology, where professing Christians will claim to be applying queer theory to their theology, and they're mm. undermining doctrines like sin, redemption, mm-hmm. the nature of good and evil. It's really crazy stuff. And then the other disturbing thing we show is that queer theory has always wrestled with the question of pedophilia. They will call it intergenerational sex, but uh, what they mean is they, they want to abolish the idea that, that children are actually innocent, that children should be denied agency to choose their own sexual partners. Mm-hmm. That's always been a concern about, within queer theory is, mm-hmm. well, why can't we liberate children from this fake notion that they're innocent and sexless? They should be free, like adults, to choose to have sexual relationships if they want them, even with adults. 
And we give lots of quotes showing that queer theorists have always asked that question. If we can dismantle the gender binary and say you can't even tell what a woman is anymore, mm-hmm. well, then how do you then say, well, but adult and child, children, are they're, they're, those are objective categories. You know, we, we, can't, we can't blur the lines between adult and child in terms of giving consent. And they would say, well, why not? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that I like about your book is that you admonish us that we need to be more than culture warriors, but ambassadors. And so uh, as we have just a few minutes left, share about you, your meaning there. We want people to recognize these ideas as false and dangerous. We want to also point people towards Christianity as a, the better answer to the problem of social yes. injustice. And, the, and the, the fundamental problem is not that we're oppressed. The fundamental problem is that we're sinners. And mm-hmm. we have to go to people that Christianity, yes, indeed, we do care that people are, who are made in God's image are treated with dignity and love. And yet we know that that will only happen when people are regenerated, when, when people are born again and are full of a new love for God and for their neighbor. So mm-hmm. we do, you know, if you want to give this book to your non-Christian friends, it's full of the gospel. It explains what Christians believe about Jesus and redemption and uh, restoration. And so it, it puts all of these issues in the context of the Bible and of Christian Correct. theology and says, hey, ultimately what you're looking for in, in critical theory is ultimately found in Christianity, the true and better way to achieve true flourishing uh, between man and man, and also reconciliation between God and man. Wonderful. So I'm talking today with Neil Shenvey, who co-wrote Critical Dilemma with Pat Sawyer. And Neil, tell our listeners how they can find out more about this book and other things you're involved with. You can go to criticaldilemma.com. That's our landing page for our book. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, christianbook.com, anywhere books are sold, really. So Critical Dilemma. And you can find me on Twitter. Neil Shenvey is my, my handle, but you can find me posting about all of these various social issues and about Christian theology in general. Fantastic. So one more time, the book is Critical Dilemma, written by Neil Shenvey and Pat Sawyer. And we certainly thank Harvest House for giving us a copy to talk about. Neil, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Roberta. And to our listeners, we appreciate you tuning in. Join me again next time on Author's Corner. Never miss your favorite show again. For more than 30 years, KNEO has been bringing you great Bible teachers on a local and national level. And now we've made it easier than ever to hear from these great men and women of God. KNEO's entire lineup is now available to listen anytime, anywhere through our website. Go to KNEO.org slash podcast to see all the options. You can search for programs alphabetically, or you can select individual categories like culture, kids, leadership, or music. We even have a category just for locally produced programs so you can hear from pastors and spiritual leaders located right here in the four-state area. And all these resources are absolutely free. Kaneo's mission is to get God's Word in front of you, and this is one of the ways we do it. Give it a try today. Go to kaneo.org and click on the podcast tab to get started. <laughs>